This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to the Principal Leadership Lab, a podcast experience created for you by two public school administrators. Without further ado, let's join Jeff and Adam in this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. We are on episode number 55 tonight, Adam. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. 55. Can you believe that? Double nickels. 55 in less than one year of recording. Whew. That's more than one week. Yeah, I, I don't even know where to, you know, like some people break their podcasts into season one or season two, but I mean, I, I, we haven't done it yet. We haven't even talked about it. No. Where does it, where does it end? I, I would say the ends. end of the first year, that would be season two. If we so it's coming up one. then. It's actually it's coming, coming up. Yep. Yeah. What'd you get me for our anniversary? Uh, yeah, no, not, no, nothing, <laughs> no, nothing. I haven't even got my wife anything yet. So don't tell her that it's just, it's a Saturday. Actually, we're coming up by you. Not quite as close, but up to Milwaukee this weekend. So. Did you get a passport to get behind the cheddar curtain? Yeah, I don't need one. They let me in. I'm, I'm, they, uh, well, I don't know. It's kind of no, like, like Canada. You have to have permission from like a family member to get across the border. So. Do I have your permission? Well, we can talk about it. <laughs> That's awesome. You are way up there though. So I'm not coming up anywhere near you really only, no. only to Milwaukee. So, and we've, you know, we, this was a, a product born of time that we hadn't had in the past, right? During COVID when so yeah, we were closed, yeah. we were at home. It's not that we weren't busy, but we had time where we didn't have time before. Like I was not supervising games after school and, you know, I didn't have to travel to school anymore. So I, I had different moments of time. This podcast was born from that. And when you think about what's coming up, we have some, like, unfortunately, some states nearby, Michigan is going through another hotspot of COVID. Yeah, and this yeah. is the funniest thing. I've never heard this before. Michigan might close its borders. And I am a border town, Marinette, Wisconsin, and Menominee, Michigan. Yeah. They might close their border to us. So cheeseheads won't be able to get across to the UP. Oh, I've oh. never heard that before, but it's pretty bad. So that, that is really bad. I was talking with, uh, uh, Liv Chan and, uh, I mean, they're, they're shut down again, you know, up in yeah. Canada. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just strange. I, I really hope that, uh, you know, we can all get back to, you know, what, what might appear normal to some but people. I don't just know. Just connecting in person would be good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of connecting, although not in person tonight, our guest is an award-winning researcher, educational consultant, and international presenter, Dr. Chad Dumas. Chad, how are you, buddy? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity to banter with you a little bit. Oh, we welcome I'm, the banter. We welcome the banter. <laughs> it's what we're really, really good at. Well, Adam, according to Adam and I. <laughs> yes. But, you know, and, and speaking of banter, you know, I, I've listened to a number of your episodes, and I never could figure out what the cheese curtain was. <laughs> Until just now, like th this light bulb went off. Ah, cheese behind, curtain. Behind so, the cheddar curtain, yeah. The cheddar curtain, yeah. The cheddar curtain, Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. We'll let you come through from Iowa. You know, we, it's <laughs> Illinois people. Sometimes we have to scrutinize a little bit more, but Iowa's fine. 
yeah. you, you open up just a tad bit of the curtain huh? yep. For... just on the corner yep southwest corner we're good <laughs> that's it i don't know where where did like where did you get that you guys steal that from the iron curtain or something <laughs> yeah actually that's where it comes from but i actually got it from a former current still youth pastor and we interviewed a good friend of his he's the director of the illinois principals association jason Leahy. remember yeah. him yeah, so of his his good friend um, is Bill and Bill was a youth pastor of my wife's way back when. And Bill um, always used that phrase. And I just asked him one day if I could steal it because he's from Illinois and I'm from Wisconsin. So technically I think I have copyright to that, but we'll see. I don't know if you do. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure if that's how that works, but Bill has a lot of one-liners. He's very witty. <laughs> he's a smart guy. So you'll find a new one. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, Chad, listen, we're so thrilled to have you on tonight, man. I mean, your, your resume is, is super impressive. And, um, you know, I, I know that you've been a, a teacher, a principal, central office admin, professional developer. You've written a couple of books, which we're going to get to tonight. Um, so just, but for our, our, our listeners who may not know you that well, mm-hmm. I mean, take us back a little bit. I mean, what, yeah. what's your leadership journey look like and how did you get to where you are now? Well, um, my leadership journey really started very early on. Very first summer of August of 1999, I was a middle school vocal music teacher. And the principal during the pre-service days, and this was an unair conditioned middle school in Lincoln, Nebraska, so it's hot and humid. And at the end of the staff meeting, the principal said, all staff, you need to go to the uh, lounge, which was air conditioned, by the way, <laughs> and uh, sign up for a committee. So I went down to the lounge, looked at the list, and one of the first things on there was a school improvement committee. Mm. And I thought to myself, you know, I had done some uh, work in gardens and things before, and I thought, you know, this really is an ugly building. Uh, out front, there could be some gardens and benches and some maybe some murals <laughs> in the hallways, and really this school could use some improving. And so I signed myself up for school improvement. And uh, well, come to find out that little did you know, little did I know, as uh, listeners know, school improvement has nothing to do with the physical condition of the building. So I showed up at this first meeting and we're talking about reading and writing. And, you know, as a music teacher, I had no clue what was happening. Uh, And somehow within a couple of meetings, the team thought that I would be a good co-chair of the committee. And uh, and then that was, you know, the the rest is history. Then you know, I kind of got the adult learning bug uh, bit me. And was able to do wow. some professional development for the district, uh, in, in addition to the school. Then, you know, for a lot of districts in Central Nebraska, uh, high school principal, central office administrator, and just you know, all of these uh, different opportunities opened up along the way. All really that goes back to that one little screw up of uh, you know signing up for a school improvement committee that I thought was going to be about gardening and painting. <laughs> Well, you, I mean, you never know. It may have gone a long way towards actual academic improvement. You never know. Well, you know, we do know environment matters, right? It does so, matter. Yeah, yeah. Having, having a um, part of my career was the opportunity to spend a year in an old building and then transitioning into a brand new uh, $20 million facility. This was back in 08, 09, something mm. along those lines. And um, so that while... Well, I would say to staff, you know, a building doth not a school make. Mm, yeah. Um, yet it does make a huge difference in the culture of the building. Uh, I mean, just the attitude of students, the attitudes of staff, I mean, the excitement. And we were able to leverage that opportunity of that new structure 
to really impact uh, the learning of kids. And that was, uh, so So while, while a building doth not a school make, it does make mm. it a big impact on uh, the environment. Mm. Sure does. It sure does. And I'm so, and so I'm curious, you know, from that work, you know, as, as in, as a music, as a vocal educator um, to this uh, school improvement, I mean, you, so you got the bug for what, would you say it's fair that, that you got the bug for what you're doing now as a result of that school improvement committee, Chad? Yes, I would. Um, and, and here's why. Um, not only was it, uh, you know, leading this committee, but I had a great principal, Dick Spearman was his name. Mm. He's still around in Lincoln, uh, moved up to central office after a couple of years. But he, he uh, as part of that, that committee, he, he came to me one day and he said, Chad, the district's doing this, I think it was eight day training. Uh, I think you need to go to it. I, okay, principal tells you to go to this training, you go to the training. So here I go, I go off to this little training downtown. Now Lincoln Public Schools is a uh, second largest district in Nebraska. Uh, I think at that time, maybe 35,000 students. So, you know, a pretty good sized district. Um, and I show up at this training with 40 or 50 others. And I was the only teacher in that room. The other 49 people in that room were principals, assistant principals, directors, executive directors, wow. assistant superintendent, all these folks. And it was a training with Janie Pollock who was a co-author with Bob Marzano of Classroom yeah. Instruction That Works. And that was, you know, he'll tell you that that book launched his really where he's gone, you know, since then, the last two decades. And so it was eight days with Janie Pollock, an incredible leader and thinker around Classroom Instruction That Works. And it was that eight day workshop that really convinced me that what we do in the classroom matters. Mm. Um, and and what the reason why I say that is because we, they would share with us these you know, nine categories of instructional strategies. For those who aren't familiar with the book, they identified from the research the nine high impact categories of instructional strategies, like identifying similarities and differences, um, practice, um, metaphors and analogies, these types of things. Sure. And so I went back to my classroom and I was teaching five sections of uh, sixth grade vocal music every day and five sections of seventh grade music. It was like an every other day rotation or something like that. And I thought, okay, here's the chance to test this out. Let's see it. Like I'm this skeptic at heart. Do these strategies really work? And so since I had five classes of kids, I decided, you know what, in two or three, I don't want to remember which, I'm going to teach using these strategies. And then in the other two or three, I'm just gonna do it the way I've always done. And then let's see what happens. And hmm. so um, there was a, a sixth grade unit where we compared and listened to different styles of music, romantic, classical, uh, Baroque, Renaissance, etc. And it was a unit that kids always struggled with, heck music majors struggle with, like being able to tell the difference between classical and romantic can be tough. So I thought, let's try it out on this. And so I used the strategy of comparing, comparing and contrasting with a graphic organizer with the classes that I you know, tried this out. So we had a graphic organizer and the other classes we just did it the same old way. And I could not believe it, it was night and day difference, not wow. only immediately, but then six weeks later, I retested the kids to see if they remembered. And the classes where we did the graphic organizer, the kids remembered. Hmm. 
And the classes where we didn't do the graphic organizer, of course, they didn't do as well to begin with and did even worse, you know, later on. And so this, this project convinced me that, you know what, as much as anybody can say teachers matter, you know, we know in our heart of hearts, we matter. Do we really matter in terms of outputs, you know, the, their production? Yeah, yeah, we absolutely matter. Yeah, yeah. I really like the um, the strategy that you use, the implementation and the experiment of the lab setting to test these <laughs> yeah. things. Too too often, you know, I, I'll get all you know the the um, what do you call it? like the church camp mystique, or you know, come home from summer camp, you're all energized, like you're gonna treat your sister nice forever. So you go to a conference, you learn these great things, you're like, this is the greatest thing. All of us are gonna do that, but you didn't do that. You tested it first. I love that, and that's exactly what Jeff and I have been talking about. The yeah. principal leadership lab. This is an experiment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, doctors they practice, right? Lawyers practice. Right. Why do we have to be perfect? <laughs> Let's keep right. practicing. So yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people, you know, I, I've heard it said some, sometimes when I've shared that story, people say, well, isn't that unethical to like have this experiment? Mm-hmm. Like if you know that these things work, shouldn't you just do it? Um, my thinking goes along your lines of thinking that what we know is that everything works somewhere, <laughs> but nothing works everywhere. Yes. And so it's yeah. our jobs as professionals to figure out what does work with kids mm-hmm. and with our own style and with our content area, right? Yep. And so we have to have this frame of mind, this mindset of learning and trying out different ways of going about helping kids. Um, of course, I never went back to my old way of teaching that yeah. unit, you know, but there were still further tweaks that went along the way. Well, for that specific scenario too, you could apply the lens of, cause no harm was already taking place. So you just wanted to make sure that there was something better before you, you know, took the sure. leap. So yeah. cause no harm is always a good lens to use. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so Chad, um, talk about next learning solutions. I mean, that's the, it's the organization that you're, you're working under is that you, you're, you're, you're the founder of that or tell, I mean, tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, when I uh, started on this journey of really getting the book written, um, my publishing guide said, you know, Chad, you, you got to have an LLC for this thing. Uh, and so actually the name of the company came from, I had been, you know, kicking around some different ideas and our youngest son was uh, at home with us at the time over the course of the summer before he went off to university, uh, University of Nebraska, by the way, go big. Ah. Um, had, had to get that in, you know, of course <laughs> we can edit that out, Jeff. Yeah. Okay, we'll, perfect. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, so, so he actually was the one who came up with it. You know, we were just, uh, bantering oh. around different ideas and, uh, and, and part of the thinking of a business name is, you know, you want to make sure that it's unique enough that somebody else doesn't already have a name like that. Um, and that, um, it's rememberable and that you can buy the domain for it. Mm. And so, so, you know, we had lots of different ideas. And so putting it into the computer and trying, oh, that won't work and that won't work and that won't work. And uh, this was actually one of the first ones we, we liked. Uh, it was available and uh, we had some others that we messed around with, but that was the name that we came up with. Uh, and so all, all my work then is under that LLC to make it, uh, make it legit, so to speak. Wow, next learning solutions, okay. 
I, I love it. So, so you came up with that idea as you're writing the book. I mean, I'm I'm trying to picture the process here. Did you re- did you know that you were going to, you know, perhaps um, leave the the public education space and move into um, owning your own organization as you write this book and move out move out of that? I mean, how did that all come about? What was going through your head? Oh boy, you ready for a nice long story? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll give you so so. Give us the abbreviated the, version, Chad. Abbreviated version. So the uh, so the book actually comes from my dissertation, which I completed in 2010. All right. And uh, so you're like a real doctor, not like Jeff, where his dissertation is just sitting someplace and nobody's ever read it. This is good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had to translate it so somebody would read it. Wow. <laughs> I, I told you that this would be a little harsh, Chad. Don't worry. Now, he threw that barb out. I'm going to come up with something in a minute. Here. All right. Keep it's easy. Keep you going. guys are doctors and I'm not. Keep, keep going. <laughs> so, um, so. So I had the dissertation, which was based on what principals need to know to build collaborative environments for teachers, because we know that works out of 50, 60 years of education. If there is a silver bullet, so to speak, or a magic wand to improve student learning, it's getting teachers to work together to improve our Mm -hmm. practice and results for kids. And so that was my dissertation was what does a principal need to know to be able to create that environment? Identified 10 elements. So had that dissertation received best research from learning forward and it was a finalist for best dissertation with PDK. And then I had the opportunity over the course of almost the next decade in a high poverty, high diversity district that also was low performing. It was identified as one of a handful of persistently lowest achieving schools in the state, Uh, mid-sized district in South Central Nebraska, where we then worked to implement these ideas to build a PLC, professional learning community culture. And over the course of the, the next five, six, seven years, five out of the seven school buildings in that district became recognized as national models mm. for improving student learning by all things PLC. And so, um, so we had this combination of the theoretical from the dissertation and then the practical from Hastings. And so I actually started kind of putting some ideas down on paper four or five years ago, kind of got some feedbacks from different folks. And then uh, about a year Two, two and a half years ago, a friend of mine had published through Corwin, and then he went to a, a workshop with Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield's the guy who wrote all the chicken yeah, soup. Yeah, the, the chicken soul. soup. Yeah. yeah. Millions and millions of copies. Jack Canfield told this friend of mine, Lee Jenkins, he said, you know, Lee, unless you can guarantee that you can sell at least 10,000 copies, don't even think about going to a publisher. Mm. Self-publish. And so... Many people don't know that the average author sells a thousand copies of their book. Like you've got to have a lot of copies to get to 10,000. And so Lee said, you know what? I'll self-publish. So he self-published. And so then I went, you know, I asked him, how was it? Did you like it? And he said he loved it. Uh, Mm. Great process. Um, And so that's how I went about it then. So uh, I didn't even approach any of the big publishers. I just went about the self-publishing, you know, the, the LLC Next Learning Solutions and then nextlearningsolutionspress.com. Um, and then, of course, you can always go to, you know, the big, the big publishers after you self-publish. And, and um, uh, you know, that, that's always a possibility um, in the future. But uh, for right now, uh, that's kind of the process. And so by the time the pandemic hit, I, was, uh, I knew that I was no longer going to be in the, 
the particular position that I was in, in, in Ames Community School District. I was the executive director of elementary education. I knew by that time that I was not going to be returning. And so um, I was feeling out, you know, should I be a superintendent? Should I really move forward on the consulting? Um, and then uh, by the time summer came around, it was like, no, this is, you know, I had some offers for positions, but they just, uh, you know, in consultation with my wife and, and, and a person of faith and, and through prayer, decided that it was time to jump in full feet, both wow. feet, full force, get this book written, published out there into the world and uh, do the consulting thing full time. So um, I don't know, that was maybe a little bit longer than you wanted. That's maybe, great. But, uh, no, that's oh. great. Details are good. It's your show, man. It's your show. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious. So you, you mentioned that um, through the LLC, are you also going to publish other authors too? You have a publishing side or no? So there is a publishing side, uh, a DBA doing business as. Uh, okay. Some people call them a fictitious name depending on the state, uh, which I think is hilarious. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've got the Next Learning and Solutions Press um, side. Uh, I have not uh, reached out to anyone to do any other publishing, but that could be. Uh, I hired uh, a publishing guide to assist with the process, and she was absolutely invaluable. And mm. like, you can self-publish on your own, <clears throat> but I did not want my book to look like it was self-published. <laughs> I didn't want sure. somebody, you know, you can go on yeah. to Amazon and you can see and you can look, you can tell, oh, just from the cover. Sure. I didn't want that. And so I uh, hired someone, uh, Martha Bullen was amazing. And she just walked me step by step by step and wow. all the details that you don't even think about, like uh, BSAC codes, like most people don't even know what a BSAC code is. Sure. She helped me figure that out, like timelines, um, like getting the reviews, like getting someone, uh, Christy Collins uh, from Constellation Services. She you know, designed the cover. We were talking about that uh, pre-recording, but you know, she designed the cover and the interior. Because I wanted the interior also to have this usable sense to it because it's not a dissertation. It's these 10 elements, a very brief little tidbit on what the research says, but then it's stories and resources and checklists. Um, so it's, it's a practical, like what the subtitle is, it's a practical guide for school leaders so that you can pick it up and actually use it. And it's not a dissertation. I didn't want that. Right. Great. You, you knew what you wanted. And that's good to know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a broad sense, you know. Um, yeah, and um, have been really like when it first came, that first time where you get to, you know your your proof copy. It was just so exciting, and, oh, and anybody yeah. who's been through that process uh, and and is thinking about the process, it is all worth it. You know, I, I can remember I took some pic my wife took pictures of me like standing at the door, you know, like the dog stands at the door waiting for their owners. You know, me standing at the door, looking out the window, waiting for that yeah. Amazon truck to show up because, uh, you know, it usually shows up between two and four in the afternoon. Yeah. Is it going to be here, you know? <clears throat> Wow, that's exciting. That's exciting, Chad. So listeners, uh, get out get out and get that book, especially school leaders. Let's put the C in PLC. I love it. I love it, Chad. I can't wait to get my hands on a copy. I know Adam has one. Uh, his hands on a copy already. Yep. So I love it. That's good for you, man. Good for you. Listen, yeah. Ch Chad, talk about, a, uh, talk about a talk uh, about a, you know, throughout your your career, whether it was when you were working in a, in a school district or whether it was making the leap from, you know, from 
from your, your that work in, into the um, the work that you're doing now. Is there is there a challenge or maybe an obstacle or perhaps you want to look at it as like an opportunity that came your way that you had to had to <laughs> wrestle with or, or or get through at some point? What would you what would you say to that? Yeah, maybe you didn't have any. Maybe it was easy peasy. Maybe maybe it was all easy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to meet that principal or administrator who had that kind of an experience where it Not was all here. easy. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've heard it uh, said that it's the hardest uh, job in the world. Um, maybe maybe second most stressful behind the uh, what's it called the airport traffic controllers. Oh, traffic controllers. Oh. Um, but high school principal is, is is rough. I used to tell people. So I was a high school principal and then a central office administrator. And I would tell people that um, being a high school principal, I'm an elementary principal because I got to serve in that capacity as well a little bit later, but being a principal is, um, it's, it's acute stress. Sure. Being a, a central office administrator, it's chronic stress. Mm. They, they both will kill you. <laughs> but depending on the person, some of us handle the acute stress or the chronic stress better yeah. than mm. the other. But Anyway, um, yeah, the, the challenges are incredible. So, yeah, I started thinking about so many different challenges. Uh, I mean, I mentioned the opening a brand new building when I was a high school principal, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a central office administrator, leading curriculum implementation of, you know, reading, math, science, social studies, writing, these different content areas. Um, I would say, and I've, I've served in some environments that were incredibly toxic. Um, you know, where, you know, two thirds of the administrators, so it turned over in a matter of a couple mm. of years, you know, I mean, so, so as you know, every administrator has their, their horror stories, so to speak of these challenges yeah. that we have. I would say the, the challenge that I like to think about is that of building the capacity of other people so that when you leave, they almost don't notice. Mm that they're able to carry on the work and you know two three four years out five years out people are still doing that work mm. and they don't ref refer to you but they refer to the work and i think that is the mark of of a leader who's done their job is we're building the capacity of others to be leaders and um, i would say in one situation in my career I was successful in being able to achieve that in, in most of the areas yeah. that, I, that I worked in. Um, and, and in terms of how you go about doing it, like that's the challenge. The challenge yeah. is how do you build capacity of others so that when you leave, they almost don't notice it. The way I think you go about that is by building the capacity, by involving staff, by making sure that you provide opportunities for staff engagement, and then that you expect and you encourage and you implement, and you being not just you, but a core team of people are implementing the work of the staff. So you're building that culture. Uh, you're putting the C in PLC, you know, the community, yeah. that we are doing that work together. Um, and so I mean, you know, that's, that's how, you, how I've gone about doing it. You know, listening to you, Chad, it makes it sound like it's so simple. Right? <laughs> I mean, we could just all go do this tomorrow, right, Jeff? I mean, let's go oh, do it. Sure. Yeah. I think yeah. that it's an ongoing process in each of our buildings. You know, talk about building capacity. Um, uh, there was a, a 
principal from a former district that I worked with. And she was actually a teacher that I was a principal in my, my hometown, alma mater, the middle school that I grew up in. And I came back as a principal and um, she said that her father was in the military and always talked about with a, a great position comes with great responsibility, mm-hmm. but also great privilege. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes she would also remind me that not everybody wants to be the upfront leader of all these committees. Mm-hmm. Not everybody wants to be the chairperson. I'm like, well, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't you want to sure. like be the steering person for that? But I've learned now, that not everybody does have a role. Everybody has skills and talents and we have to build their capacity so that the team can function very well. And uh, this is perfect. Not easy, but this is the way to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you, I mean, Chad, you, you, I mean, that's tough. I mean, that that is tough. I was just having a conversation with somebody else in the last few weeks or so about how do we um, move in that direction where, where a leader leaves and then everything changes right? We can't do that. It's not good for the, it's not good for the community. It's not good for the organization, you know, and sometimes Chad, it it is, it is about um, the leader wanting to make a mark uh, on his or her new place and therefore, you know, stopping some of the work that was going on because of that very reason. And that's just, you know, I, I, I've seen it happen mostly with younger leaders. Um, I think, you know, that's just, it may be an ego thing still, um, but you're right. It, it is the work. And, and if it becomes part of the culture, uh, then there's less chance of that happening, right? I think that's the yeah. work. Yeah, makes me think about a couple of things. One is the uh, the work of Jim Collins and sure. uh, level five leaders. Yeah. And the two qualities that, that he identified is one is intense personal humility. Mm. And the second is strong professional will. And that if we can like marry those in ourselves. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind. The second thing is always having the long view mm. that I don't know if it's a, it's a, I don't think it's an administrator thing or a teacher thing. I think it's a Western thing. Like, you know, we don't think beyond <laughs> next year's state test at the latest, right? right. Um, and you talk to folks from Eastern cultures and they talk, they think in terms of hundreds of years, 200 years, 300 years. And so having that long view, uh, I would say when I, uh, in a couple of different positions, when I came in uh, and the person before me um, was someone who had a lot of emergencies. And I would say, um, that there's no such thing as a curriculum emergency um, because there really there really isn't. Now, I, sure. I was proven wrong about that about seven years later. I did experience <laughs> one curriculum emergency in my, what, 13, 14 years as a school administrator, school or district administrator. Wow. There was one curriculum emergency. But in general, they're not, right? That's so correct. how do we as leaders and I'm using leaders very broadly, just like you mentioned, not just the principals, but as leaders, whether that's teacher leaders, uh, parent leaders, student leaders, how do we help ourselves step back and look at the longer view, knowing mm. that we've, we've, got, we've got time to be able to do these things. Let's make sure we do them right and do them well up front. Sure. Such I good points. Think- 
you know, when you look at or consider the Eastern culture and their long-term planning, 100 years, 200 years, mm-hmm. that immediately takes the focus off of the, the Jeff, you referred to them as young leaders. Yeah. Immediately that takes it off, off of us, whether it's teacher, the, the principal, the superintendent, the community, because none of us are going to be here in 100 and 200 mm-hmm. years. So yeah. that might be the frame of mind to actually help us with our planning when we start to frame it into a 100 year uh, cycle, sure. you know, but mm-hmm. Wow. There's so yeah, much like, to do on there. Like when we talk long-term, we usually think three to five years. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Sure. Like in, in Eastern cultures, that's not even midterm. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that's excellent. So Chad, you've been, a, you've been doing this for a while and you've had a plethora of experiences and I'm sure there's things that you would like to change, but Jeff and I, we want to know what are you hopeful for over the next mm. few years? And we're looking at three to five years, so you don't have to go 100 yeah, okay. years. Okay, okay. Uh, what am I hopeful for? Uh, I'm hopeful for so much. I think that, you know, uh, I think it was Eisenhower who said that never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm. And um, I think that this COVID pandemic has provided us a crisis and an opportunity on so many levels to be able to address things that need to be addressed. And so some of the things that come to my mind is, uh, first of all, is inequities that we have known existed for a long time. And some of us have maybe buried our heads in the sand. And now we can't. Like this is like front and center in discourse. And so, this is an opportunity for us, and I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll address that. Mm. A second hopeful thing that I think about. Jeff, can you is, have two? Can you have two? Can have three, three, okay. he, I just wanted to make sure. You can, can definitely, you can have three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, just today, since it is a hopeful day. Huh? Good, good. Um, the second thing I think of is um, around uh, social justice mm. and the needs that have been again raised during the pandemic they've been raised in the past but during the pandemic tied to equity as well is this idea of how do we make sure that we're helping generation to generation get better and that it's not just uh about um you know academics but in terms of making helping ourselves become better and then serving society And then the third thing I think of that I'm really hopeful about, and I think this is probably the most important of these three things. So so equity is important. Social Mm -hmm. justice is important. I think this third thing that is the the absolute most important is that these kids are learning skills that we have tried for years in schools to teach that they're learning naturally Mm -hmm. as part of this pandemic. And things like, the importance of relationships, like resiliency, perseverance in the face of difficult obstacles. I mean, these are skills that we try really hard in school to teach that they are learning because they're having to live it through this pandemic. And and what a blessing. I I think the the blessings that this generation of kids is going to bring to humanity is like none other because of those skills uh, that that they're learning. Thank you. You've uh, put some thought into those things. And I really, really appreciate that. Uh, our Jeff and I are, are tight, tightly aligned on social justice and equities. And uh, are grateful for what our 
what some of our people are experiencing right now within our country, within our schools, within our local communities, and even in our own families, the discussions that that have been brought forward during this last year. And I am I'm hopeful for those things to change as well. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. I love how you started that with the quote, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I, 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 I'm hopeful, Chad, that you're right. I'm hopeful that we don't. I'm hopeful that we can really, that we have and will continue to spend uh, good chunks of time thinking about um, what that looks like. You know, if it were to go to waste, what, what, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, what, what, what have we forgotten? What have we not thought about? I mean, it's taught us, it's, it's taught us so much that we um, should have been thinking about already, you know, and that we should have been doing already. So well, why not start now? You know, what, what, what are we waiting for? So our kids are worth it. Our future depends upon it. So Chad Dumas, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you this afternoon. Everyone get out and buy the book. Let's put the C in PLC. Check Chad out at Next Learning Solutions. If people want to get a hold of you, Chad, if, they're, if something struck them this afternoon, how can they do that? What's the best yeah, way? Yeah, absolutely. The, <clears throat> excuse me. I haven't been talking for 30 seconds, and now my voice is uh, acting <laughs> up. Um, nextlearningsolutions.com. Um, or, you know, on Twitter at Chad Dumas, uh, C-H-A-D-D-U-M-A-S, and that'll get you to all my other social media stuff. And, and for those who don't do Twitter, you don't have to be on Twitter to access it. You can just go to twitter.com and put in at Chad Dumas, and you'll have access to my Facebook, LinkedIn, website, everything. Great, great. Well, we, we certainly appreciate it, Adam and I. We've learned a lot this afternoon and uh, can't wait to get my hands on that book. I'll be reaching out to you for that. People reach out to Chad, go get the book yourself. And uh, it's been a real pleasure, Chad. We wish you the a great rest of your um, academic school year anyway. And best of luck in your continued journeys with Next Learning Solutions. Thank you so very much. It really is a blessing and appreciate the opportunity. All right. All right. We appreciate it as well, Adam. See you next time on the Principal Leadership Lab. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Principal Leadership Lab. Feel free to connect with us in between episodes on Twitter and on Instagram. All of our information is included within our show notes. Until next time, this is Adam signing off for the Principal Leadership Lab.